0: Welcome to the Southridge Church Podcast. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we want you to stay connected with us. You can find us on sanjose.cc or subscribe to the podcast. Can I ask you to stand out of respect for the Word of God? I know I just had you sit down. We're going to stand back up, and I'm going to read for you beginning in verse number 18. I'm not going to have you standing long, but notice if you would. Matthew 1, verse 18 says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. We don't know a lot about Joseph, but it says something in verse 2 about him, doesn't it? It says he was a just man. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak through the message. I pray that you would speak to each and every heart that's here. I pray that we would have ears to hear and a heart to receive and actions to change. I pray that you would bless this word. I pray that you would bless the fathers in this room, the soon-to-be fathers, and then also those that have lost a father, those that are struggling this morning. We know that we can run to our Heavenly Father. And if there's anyone that does not know you this morning, May they run to you. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. may be seated. Well, once again, welcome. So grateful and thankful that you are here. In the Bible, there are three well-known Josephs. The first one is found in the book of Genesis, and we know him as Joseph, and he was a prince. We spoke about him last Sunday. You can go back and check out the message, and there's lots to know about Joseph, not just his coat, not just that he was the prime minister in Egypt. There's so many details to learn and discover about Joseph. And then you've got another Joseph that's also very well known. And this Joseph took the body of Jesus down from the cross. His name was Joseph of Arimathea. And history records about him and also scripture records about him. But then there's a third Joseph that not much is known about him. And what's crazy that we don't have a lot known about him is that he is the foster father to Jesus. And there's very little that's known about him. Isn't that kind of crazy? That God says, okay, I'm going to pick somebody to raise my son, and who am I going to pick? I mean, it, it's something that we often overlook, don't we? And we look at this guy, and we meet him. His name's Joseph, and what do we learn about him? One adjective. There's only In verse number 19, it gives us one adjective about Joseph. It says he was a just Man. Now, sometimes when you hear that phrase, what comes to your mind when you hear the word just? Fair. That's good. Shout it out. This is audience participation. It's Father's Day. Let's have fun. Anybody else? Fair. Righteous. That's good. I like that. Anybody else? Good. I heard good. Is that what you said? Okay. What'd you say? Reasonable. Yeah, reasonable. Considerate. Caring. I like that. Any others? normal yeah normal noble okay normal noble anybody got another end? let's keep going this is a good little trend nice <laughs> i'll participate isn't it interesting when we think of the word just sometimes it's not always positive sometimes it's like oh you're just now getting here not that i ever say that about my wife it shouldn't lie in church i'm sorry that's terrible or if you ever said this, it's just enough food. I've made just enough food. You see, sometimes when we think of the word just, it's kind of like a, kind of like a, it's like an okay. It's kind of, it's kind of like mediocre. It's like, all right. I mean, it's not very aspirational. It's not somebody grows up to say, what I want on my tombstone is this word just. Like most people aren't saying that they want that. However, there have been famous authors throughout history, one being the philosopher Plato, who wrote widely on one virtue. Matter of fact, he wrote 11 different books called The Republic, which is 11 different books, all on one topic. Do you know what that topic was? Being just. Victor Hugo, the famous author who wrote the book "Le Miserables, he, He had this quote, and I love this quote. He said, being good is easy. What is difficult is being just. We have a problem in our society today, and that is we no longer have people who are just. Joseph wasn't just a man. He was a just man. So why am I telling you all this? You see, if you will be just, it will be just What the world needs. I want to say things in a way that stick in our minds this morning and that help us. And as we dive into the word of God, I want to welcome all those who are viewing online. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you uh, engage with us and also that you would like, share, subscribe, and follow. We're glad that you're here online as well. But Joseph is a just man. And sometimes we feel like that's a downgrade or we feel like that's reducing. And yet in our society, it seems like they've just kind of removed that. It's not a virtue we hear talked about. It's not something that we look into, but what does it mean to be a just man or woman? Why is it so important for you and I to be just? Well, the question that we should be asking ourselves is what kind of world would this world be if more people were just That's the better question. Joseph, aside from being a carpenter, very little else is known except for this one adjective. But I believe this one adjective really paints a great picture of who the foster father of Jesus really is. What kind of man that he was. And if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to stay engaged and write this down. I believe it'll be a help to you. And the first note that I would like you to write down is a just person doesn't take advantage of someone's disadvantage. Because we open up the story in Matthew chapter number one, and it says that the birth of Jesus is in this wise, that Mary was pregnant by the Holy Ghost, And many of you might be familiar with the story. If you've gone to church during the holidays, most people will touch on it or teach on it. However, even though Mary knew how this happened, Joseph wasn't convinced that what Mary was saying is actually how it happened. Because that's not really how people get pregnant in that day. It kind of seemed a little bit far-fetched. Because to be betrothed to a woman was basically saying, we're married except we haven't come together and consummated our marriage yet. So in Joseph and Mary's eyes, they are already a married couple legally bound by the law. They're married. They just haven't come together yet. And yet in the next verse, Joseph discovers That his wife is pregnant and he's wondering what to do. And the scripture goes on, verse 20, but while he thought about these things, I know many women, sometimes you'll ask a man in your life, you'll say, What are you thinking about? And I'm gonna tell you, ladies, what we as men are thinking about when you ask us what we're thinking about. We're thinking about nothing. It's a very difficult skill we've developed. We just know how to go blank. And I know ladies are like, how is it possible that you could think about nothing? We're like, it's easy. I'm doing it now. <laughs> it's why we say, what, what was that, honey? And then we just say things. And then your wife will go, what did I just say? Uh, 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 I forgot to take out the trash. Put down the toilet seat. You start making up things. Just plead the fifth, guys, and just say, you know what? I was just going blank for a second. I wasn't thinking about anything. But the scripture tells us what Joseph was thinking about. And Joseph is thinking about this situation. It says, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. So even God knew what Joseph's thinking about. So God sends an angel of the Lord to come and talk to him. And the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you. Marry your wife. You see, God had to use an Old Testament passage of Scripture in Isaiah to prove to Joseph that this, in fact, is a conception of the Holy Spirit. This was was prophesied in the book of Isaiah. So Joseph, he hears it, and Joseph in this moment doesn't take advantage of her disadvantage because in that day when he's saying he didn't want to make a public example about her, you know what he's saying? In that day, if you became pregnant, And it wasn't with the person you were betrothed to. You were guilty of death. What kind of death? Public death. Public execution. Oftentimes they would take you to a cliff. They would throw you off the cliff. And if the fall didn't kill you, then they would take rocks. And they would throw rocks on top of your body until you died. So Joseph loves Mary. He doesn't want that to happen to her. So he wants to make it a private matter. So Joseph is saying, "I don't want to take advantage of this situation. This this, something happened here. I'm not convinced that it's the right thing that happened. So here's what I'm going to do. And that's what a person who is just we don't take advantage of somebody's disadvantage. Now I'm going to share a story with you. It's a very personal story. I honestly don't really want to share it with you because it makes me look really bad." Okay, So I'm warning you right now, save the judgment till later. A few weeks ago, I went to Whole Foods. I wanted to buy a gift card, DJ Curtis. I thought I'm going to do a nice deed for somebody. I'm going to go get a gift card. And at Whole Foods, do you know where they keep the gift cards? Because I didn't. And I'm trying to be better about looking for things and finding them before I ask for them. So I'm looking all over Whole Foods for where's the gift cards? I'm looking everywhere, and I'm 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 kind of in a rush. I kind of walk fast with purpose, and I'm looking for the gift cards. I don't have a lot of time, I don't see it, I'm getting flustered. So I'm gonna to go to the cashier and ask the cashier, but there's a long line, so I didn't want to bother them. So I find a young man stocking the shelves. His back is turned towards me, and he's down and he's stocking the shelves. He's busy. I'm thinking, perfect. I'll ask somebody for help. So say, hey man, uh, having a hard time just trying to find the gift cards. No response. I was like, it's okay. Sometimes my voice doesn't project. I'll say it a little bit louder so he can hear me. Hey, how's it going? I'm looking for some gift cards. You know where they're at? Nothing. This time I'm annoyed. Now I'm like, if I see he has one of those white AirPods in his ear, I'm gonna be upset. So I was like, okay. His back is turned towards me. I'm gonna go around in front because this guy's ignoring me. Young people these days have no respect, right? So I turn around. And I'm like, hey, and you know how your voice can communicate and then your face can communicate? I said, I'm giving him both barrels, my voice and my face. He's about to lose a customer. I shop at Food Max. I can't afford Whole Foods. But anyway, I was, I was going to pretend like I shopped here on a regular. Hands on the hip. And then I said, Hey, I'm just trying to find a gift card. Why are you ignoring me? The young man stands up, starts to move very quickly down the aisle. And his movements were very sporadic, and he still didn't really acknowledge me. But he just started, he, he started to move quickly, and he was looking for somebody. And then when he found a cashier, he went, uh, ah, And I knew exactly, I told you, you're not going to like me. (laughs) He turns down an aisle, and "Eh," and he gets a worker, and he brings a worker over to me, and I'm thinking, oh, I really don't need a gift card. I should have sent angel. Why did I do this? He was deaf. I didn't catch it man, Uh, you ever just felt really bad and stupid? And then when he brought over the lady, I said, I'm sorry. I didn't understand he was deaf. I know enough sign language to kind of get by. So I was like, I'm very sorry. I didn't know. And you could tell he just was so embarrassed by the situation. And you and I, oftentimes when we don't consider someone else. We don't consider the context. We can jump to a conclusion. And my conclusion told me this young man is just ignoring me. Doesn't like his job. I filled in this story that didn't exist. I came to a conclusion that was all in my own head. It's not what a just person does. And instead of just taking a few more minutes... I had already communicated so much. And when I jumped to a conclusion, I lacked compassion on the situation. And Joseph, in this similar situation, is saying, I want to jump to a conclusion to put Mary away privately. I want to take advantage of somebody's disadvantage. But does Joseph do that? No. Joseph does the exact opposite. Joseph decides to say, I'm going to put her away quietly. But in that moment when he's figuring things out, when he's taking time, he didn't rush to act. He said, I need to have some time to think and pray and get away before I deal with the situation. A just person can remove them from the situation and say, let me think over this. Let me ponder this. I don't want to just jump into an action here. I don't want to just react and my reaction is going to be worse than if I would have just gave it some time. You see, a just person doesn't take advantage of someone's disadvantage. But notice what Joseph does. Joseph listened to God before he listened to others. You see, God comes to him and he speaks to him and Joseph listens to God. Oftentimes, before you make a decision, have you asked God's input? Have you said, God, I need to hear from you? Because if I don't hear from you, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to make an action that could be the wrong action. And I don't want to be like Pastor Micaiah and be embarrassed at Whole Foods. So, did you give him the gift card? I bought him a lot of gift cards. Every time I give him gift cards. You see, Joseph waited for the revelation. You see, when you have a revelation, that's the revelation is the word revealed word from God. When you have a revealed word, you don't need a reason. You have the revealed word. You see, if you are a child of God, then you take this book and it tells us how to behave, how to act, how to think. And we say, I, I know what I need to do. And then we respond accordingly. You see, Joseph listened to God. But oftentimes we listen to other voices, don't we? And can I say to you this morning, if you're taking notes, just because they have a voice doesn't mean they get a vote. And some of you are allowing people who have a voice to also have a vote. And just because they have a voice doesn't mean they get a vote. Because what if he would have allowed whoever told him this news? It doesn't tell us who told us. We assume Mary finally told him. We assume. We don't know. It could have been that the community had noticed that Maybe Mary was starting to show just a little bit. I mean, uh, loose clothing can hide it for so long, but eventually, you just kind of notice that there's a bun in the oven. And it's not a food baby. It's like, "I think something happened here, Joseph. And maybe Joseph' been hearing about it, but instead of acting right away, he doesn't do that, does he? Which is, if we were to fast forward, there's another chapter in the gospel where the Pharisees dragged a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. They didn't wait. They didn't pray about it. They didn't give a night to sleep on it. They just took the woman caught in the act of adultery and said, we're going to deal with this right now. So that was the cultural norm to just kind of let's deal with it. But what does Joseph do? He says, no, 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 I can, I, I can go to God on this. I can give it some time. I'm going to think. I'm going to ponder about this. I'm going to give it some time. But then I love the fact that once he did hear from God, verse 24 says this, then Joseph being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Wow. You see, Joseph listened to God before he listened to others. And then Joseph obeyed immediately without hesitation just person listens to God, a just person obeys immediately. But then notice 24, I love it. It says he took to him his wife. Write this down if you're taking notes. A just person acts with strength and courage. It says he took to him his wife. I wrote down three words. He took Mary. Today we have a lot of people that think they can take things. You Ever met that person? Oh, I can take it. I'm tough. Give it to me. I can take it. I can handle it. I want to show you a video this morning, and I apologize, guys, in advance for the video. But media team, will you roll this video? Did you know that according to women, childbirth is the worst kind of pain there is? And did you know according to women that us men can't handle any of it? Well, did you know that according to men, women exaggerate everything? Everything. That's why we decided to make an appointment
1: with Dr. Julie Masters. Good. I'm Dr. Julie Masters. Hi, I'm, I'm Dan.
0: Hey. Mom, hey. Nice Hi. to
1: meet you. Are you guys mm. ready for this experience? Yeah, ready. <laughs> yeah. What we're going to do today is we're going to put some electrode simulations on your abdomen which are going to give you some contractions so we can kind of simulate contractions to show what your wife went through during labor.
0: That sounds fun.
1: Well, we're going to hook you up right now. All right. Go ahead and lay back. OK. What we're doing right now is we're just hooking up the contraction monitor. This
0: right. reminds me of those uh, okay. infomercials. Nice okay. and okay. tight. Where they're like, got
1: it?
0: I'm going to have a six pack after this. Okay. You're basically going to electrocute us for an hour?
1: Yes, in a very small way. That's just fantastic. right here in your abdomen. Hi, ladies. Hi. Here are your wives. Hey, Hello. guys. Hello. And I'm just going to give you guys a couple little contractions right. so you can see what it feels like. <laughs> are you feeling that? Are you feeling it? you're there? No, I'm feeling it right there. Right now we're going to be starting to simulate a little bit, like early labor should be, you know, maybe like a two or three what out of ten in pain. That was early labor. <laughs> I got to remember my breathing. <laughs> You're almost getting to, like, the active stage of labor where okay. it's really getting good. Right. Here we go. <laughs> 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 awesome. Uh, awesome, guys. It's starting to come down now. You guys are doing awesome. Got it. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> start to be. Keep reaching it. It's to come down a little bit. It's to come down. That had to be at least uh, hoping it's a seven. That's a seven? You no, know, you're at seven. four. Oh, it's uh, Feels like <laughs> someone's taking a, a sawzall <laughs> and just carving up my, my abdomen. How are you doing that? you doing that? Stop smiling! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can we I'm mean, gonna throw up. You don't wanna quit
0: now. That was not good. Sucked. That sucked. That was horrible.
1: Better
0: than you thought or worse? A lot worse. <laughs> a lot worse. I'm telling you right now, its I
1: felt like I was having a baby. Mom, if uh, anything that I just experienced is anywhere close to what I did to you <laughs> all those years ago, I'm sorry. You're like a superhero. You're one tough mama. Mm. Happy
0: Mother's Day. <sighs> Guys, I apologize in advance for having to show you that on Father's Day. Your wife loved it though. Just just saying. Every woman in here loved that to just help us get a glimpse. But it's amazing because we think we can take it and a person, a just person acts with strength and courage and God tells him to take Mary and oftentimes we think oh that's no problem take a wife no problem at all these guys thought "Hmm, labor pains no problem at all except for the fact that there were some things that came along with being the foster father to Jesus that we often don't even see I mean the responsibility that he was going to have to take this child and protect this child because he didn't even know what awaited for him because father is a responsibility, is it not? And so taking Mary was taking on the responsibility of not just a wife, but also a child. But it wasn't just the responsibility he took on. It was also the misunderstanding of others that he was gonna take on. I'm sure there were some people in the construction industry that they're helping Joseph build a house or construct things or something. And they looked over at Joseph when Mary was out of earshot and said, hey, Joseph, so you still married her? Like, you don't believe her story, do you? And Joseph would say, well, guess what? I had a dream, and in my dream, God said it's all okay. And his buddy's being like, I've had those dreams too. But that's because I had really bad pizza. That's, that's, that's what that was. And so he was going to take on the misunderstanding. He was also going to take on the misunderstanding from his own family. His own family would have looked at him and said, she broke the betrothal. And the betrothal didn't start when they were, oh, 13, 14, 15. No, no, this starts very young. And the family would have felt shame based on what Mary would have done. So it wasn't just the responsibility. It wasn't just the misunderstanding. It was also the ambiguity that Joseph was taking on. You see, what ambiguity. Joseph had no idea that when he took Mary to be his wife and raised up Jesus... He didn't know he was going to have to run from his life in the middle of the night to Egypt. He didn't know he was going to have to hide from Herod who wanted to kill him and kill his son. He didn't realize that when he went to Egypt that he was going to be there for so long and then have to come back, but he can't come back to Bethlehem. He's got to go to a new town. He's got to go to Nazareth, start kind of restart his business. He didn't understand all the ambiguity that came with Jesus Christ being your stepchild. I mean, just role play for a moment. Jesus goes to the mom and dad's bedroom door. Joseph answers, what do you want? It's Jesus. Where's mommy? Mom and dad are praying. No, you're not. (laughs) I'm God, remember? (laughs) Don't lie to me. (laughs) I mean, it is Jesus. We don't think about these things that... There's all kinds of kids that are just wondering what's happening. And here Jesus knew. But it goes on, geez, even, even more beyond that. It's like, hey, all the kids, perfect homework. Uh, Jesus, were you doing everybody's homework again? Yes. <laughs> Jesus' mom had a long day. What did we tell her? Stop turning her water into, you know, I mean, just, just imagine the things that Jesus was doing. The ambiguity you had to embrace, but it's, it's something that we don't understand. But then it goes beyond that, and God knew what Joseph was going to have to face. So in verse number 20, what does he say? Do not be afraid. God had to tell Joseph, don't be afraid. You see, when you are going to step out and be a just person, that means you're going to put yourself in a situation where it's going to require some courage on your part and if there's one thing that I see today it's not that we don't have enough just people, it's we don't have enough people that are just with courage to stand up, to say right is right, wrong is wrong and it's never wrong to do right and it's never right to do wrong, but we now live in a culture that's inverted that where wrong is now right and right is now wrong, but a just person says, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. And it's going to take courage on the part of every parent in this room, every individual to say, I want to be a just person. And what that means is it's going to require strength and courage on my part. And there'll be some moments when I'm going to be afraid. I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to be scared, but I'm going to step into that ambiguity. I pray oftentimes for two things in my life. I pray that God would give me the clarity to know his will and then the courage, Jacob, to do his will. There are moments in my life where I have the clarity, I just lack the courage. There are other moments where I have courage but no clarity. God, I'll do anything that you want. Just show me what you want me to do. And some of you in this room, you're in the exact same place. You're saying, I know what God wants me to do. I just lack the courage to do it. I know I need to have that conversation. I know I need to make things right. It may be that some of you know that you've had an abusive father in your life and you're not sure what to do. There are people that I've met and I get to do lots of weddings and I'll sit down with them and the, the trauma of relationships with their dad invariably comes up. And they'll ask me as the officiant, what should I do? And I say this, one day you're gonna wish, no matter how bad, evil, messed up, jacked up that person is, it's just gonna be in you to wish that they were there. One person, and it's fine, they didn't take my advice. That's fine. I'm the guy that gets mad at deaf people, handicapped people, so totally reasonable. They said, no, I'm upset, I'm wounded, I'm offended by what my father did. I said, I'm not excusing anything that your father did. I'm not saying he was right or just, any of that. I'm just saying it's your wedding day, it's a day that you'll want to remember. No, I'm fine. And then to find out that that individual died suddenly and they lost their father. All of a sudden the conversation was like, man, I should have had him there because I don't get any more opportunities. I wish I would have acted on my courage in that situation. I had clarity, I just didn't have the courage. And some of you may have clarity on what God wants you to do this morning, but you lack the courage, and my, my prayer for you is that you would have the courage to do right. Our culture needs more people that have the courage to do what is right. I'm gonna invite the worship team up onto the platform. Let's close with this. Notice verse 24. The Bible says, Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took to his wife and did not know her till she brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. I notice that a just person makes hard but necessary decisions. You see, it would have been just enough if he would have put Mary away quietly. I think every logical person in that day and age, if Joseph would have said, you know what, I'm not going to have her publicly executed. I'm not going to have her stoned. But instead, I'm going to send her to another village far away, and I'm just going to forget the whole thing. That would have been just enough. And I feel like we have a lot of people that do just enough today. I think all of us are kind of had it up to here with people that do just enough you work with that person they do just enough for me it's in the costco parking lot your shopping cart goes back into the station designated for the shopping carts and you know who you are you park, and you put your cart right there in the parking stop that's empty next to you, and I try to pull in, and I can't because your cart is out there. My wife makes me get out of the car, move your cart. Stop doing just enough, okay? Just had to get that out of my system, all right? Now, let's, let's just get cleansed from all that. Okay, thank you. Let me have some therapy. But we live in a culture that does just enough. Oh, I show up to my kids' ball game, that's good. I put a roof over their head, that's good. I make them a meal once in a while. Are you helping lead them to find and follow Jesus? The mentor of mine says, Micaiah, when raising kids, I need you to set a higher standard. He said, I need you to set the standard that you're trying to raise godly 35-year-olds. It's not just until they're 18. And that's kind of a cop-out well just got to get them through till they're 18 then (laughs) good luck no we don't do just enough and if there's anything you're taking away from joseph is joseph didn't do just enough joseph said i will put my reputation on the line i don't care if people misunderstand me i don't care if there's some ambiguity i'll embrace it all joseph didn't do just enough joseph wasn't just a man he was a just man And Joseph decided, I'm going to do all that I can for this woman. And I love how he's remembered for it. I was born in Santa Clara. My dad was a church planter. We lived in San Jose. We lived in Morgan Hill. We lived in Hollister. They sold their home in Hollister and moved to Fresno to plant a church. There was nobody funding them so they took the little bit of money that they made in 1989 from the sale of their home in Hollister and that's the money they were going to use to plant a church in Fresno. Not a lot. And at the time, they had five kids. Two more were going to show up later on. But a family of seven, no income, moving to a new city and in 1989, Fresno was starting to grow. So my family moved there and my dad, because he needed to plant the church, was looking for an odd job that he could kind of do to help take care of his family so in 1989 baseball cards were still pretty popular so my dad would go to baseball card shows and provide for the family by selling baseball and football and uh, basketball and hockey he would just sell these cards and he would lug all this stuff in his little uh and he would drive to all these different venues just try to provide for his family And then that kind of started to dry up, and then he needed another job that would give him the flexibility to be with his family and to help uh, build his ministry. And so my dad then took on paper routes at 2 in the morning. He said, okay, what can I do? I'll deliver paper routes. So each and every morning, my dad would deliver anywhere from 700 to 1,000 papers, throwing them out the window of his door every morning from 2 a.m. to about 7.30, he lost his wedding ring because it slipped off when he threw a paper one time he also lost a wrist, wrist watch so he just stopped wearing them because he would throw these papers papers nowadays we look at them we're like ah, a little paper nobody gets the paper in the 90s that's remember the paper it was a big deal my dad would deliver all kinds of papers then on Thanksgiving day have you seen that paper if you hit somebody you're li- liable to kill them Had all those extra ads in it. The thing was huge, man. Throwing those papers. My dad did that for years to take care of his family, to pave the way so I could go to a private school, put food on the table. It was a lot of money. It wasn't great money, but my dad did it year after year after year. Because that's what a just person does. He says, I'll do the hard but necessary things. You know, Joseph and Jesus are very much alike. You see, Joseph had to do and had to make hard decisions. Joseph was a carpenter. What was Jesus? A carpenter. I wonder who he learned it from. He saw his father do it. We see that Joseph had a tough decision and it kept him up one night. Right here is what we read. Jesus also had a tough decision one night in the Garden of Gethsemane. Kept him up all night. And Jesus wasn't deciding the fate of one woman, but all women and all men, all mankind. But he had a good example in Joseph, his foster father. And I bet as he thought about it, he said, I wonder what my dad would have done he said I know what my dad did my dad was a just man he made the hard but necessary decisions so this cup that I wanted to pass from me not my will but thy will be done you see, Joseph modeled something that his son Jesus, even though it wasn't his biological son, it was his stepson. He said, I'm gonna be just and it wasn't just enough. As a matter of fact, his son Jesus says, I'm gonna be a just man and I'm not gonna do just enough. I'm not just gonna help one man. I'm gonna help all mankind and I'm gonna bleed and die on the cross and I'm gonna say I thirst, meaning that cup he wanted to pass, he said, I'll drink it all, I'll take it all. Joseph just had to deal with the stigma of one relationship. Jesus said, I'll take the stigma of everybody's relationship. I'll take it all on. Because that's what a just man does. You see, if you live just, it will just be what the world needs. So don't just be anything. But if anything, be just. To be just, it doesn't take advantage of someone's disadvantage. A just person acts with strength and courage. A just person makes hard but necessary decisions. And remember, being good is easy. What is difficult is being just. Can we stand with heads bowed and and eyes closed? Father, we've got a room filled with fathers, soon-to-be fathers people who miss their fathers, people who are here with their fathers. However, we all know that to be just is exactly what we need. And I pray, Father, that we would have a group of people who understand what it means to be just. I thank you that even though it's just one adjective about this man, Joseph, that one adjective changed everything. And it didn't just influence his life, but it influenced his stepson's life, who influences everyone's life. So, Father, as now we have a moment of quiet and a moment of stillness, right now I ask that you would just speak to hearts. I pray for those that are on the fence, those that are wrestling with what to do, they lack the courage and the clarity. I pray this morning that they walk out of here with a clearer vision of what you called them to do and that they would have the courage to do it. I pray for those that are jumping to conclusions that they would once again stop and say, I need context so I don't lack compassion. I pray that you'd be with those that they're here, they're just visiting, but yet they know that there's something missing in their life. That they know that You're not there. Oh, they talk about you. They may be here, but you're not front and center in their life and they know it. And something's missing this morning. And I just pray that this morning they would say yes to you. That they would see that a just life begins with Jesus. That Joseph, his decision led him closer to you that they would make a decision this morning that would lead them closer to you, Father. Now, the head's bowed and eyes closed. This morning, you said, Pastor, would you pray for me? I've heard this message and I've been stirred and challenged, but I need prayer. Is that you? You slip up your hand. Can I pray for you? Anybody like that? Oh, God bless you. I see hands up on my right. Yes, amen. God bless you. God bless you. put your hands down? Yes, I see those hands my left. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. You may put your hands down. Thank you for raising them. Maybe there's somebody here this morning you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. I want to let you know that someone very near and dear to you wants you more than anything to begin a relationship with Jesus. Who would love nothing more than on this Father's Day Be the day that you make the decision to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so if you say, Yes, I want to receive Christ as my Savior on Father's Day 2023 with no one looking around, just you, me, and God. Would you slip up a hand and say, yes, I want to receive Christ my Savior today? Anybody like that? I see two hands in the very back balcony. Anybody else? You're saying yes to Jesus today. I see that hand right here. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. I see those two hands. God bless you. God bless you. Five hands. Anybody else? I see that young man's hand in the back. There's six people raised their hand. Anybody else? You say, I want to receive Christ as my Savior today. Anybody else like that? I don't want to leave anybody out. Oh, Amen. Can we do this before we lead a song and invitation? You may put your hands down. But I want to pray out loud what I would call a prayer of repentance. We're all going to pray it together for the sake of those who are coming back to God and those who are coming to God for the very first time. Can we pray this all together? You repeat after me as I pray. Dear God, I thank you that you are just. And your justice cannot allow sin. But Jesus paid the price for my sin making heaven possible. So this morning, I receive you into my heart making you my Lord, my Savior, my God. I will follow you for the rest of my life. Because you are now my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate with those who received Jesus this morning? Worship team, would you lead us in a song of worship and praise? Thank you again for spending time with us today. And a special thanks to those who give generously to Southridge Church. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about Southridge, you can follow us on social media at Southridge Now. If you
1: enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with a friend or even take a screenshot and share it on your social story. Make sure you tag Southridge Church and let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again and we'll catch you on the next one.